This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Okay, good evening everyone. Shalom Aleichem. It's a real honor to be here this evening. The hour is late. So you know, our sages tell us, Yesh kone olamo b'sha'achat. It's possible to acquire olam haba in a moment, which means sometimes the rabbi has to speak for an hour and a half. Sometimes a rabbi could speak for a short amount of time. Actually, there was once a rabbi who went to Los Angeles and he gave a very fiery drasha. He spoke for an hour and a half and people looked like they were really inspired and really revved up. And there was a guy in the shul who came over to the rabbi after and the guy was in media and production and uh, video making and the guy was in Hollywood and he tells the rabbi, Rabbi, you know, that was terrific. You think I could get you to do that in five minutes? And the rabbi's eyes lit up Maybe this guy's going to make a movie out of his shir. He's going to put him in Hollywood. He's going to be in the cinema. The rabbi said, you know, I think I could do it. He said, so why didn't you? <laughs> so sometimes shorter is better. I would like, like to introduce to you tonight to uh, a new mitzvah. And I'm going to share with you that th- this mitzvah might be the most important mitzvah in the whole Torah. Now, if I would have stopped you on a street corner, I come from New York, so if I would have stopped uh, you on a street corner in New York, and I would have asked you, what is the most important mitzvah in the Torah? Some people say Shabbat. Any other possibilities? What do you think is the most important mitzvah in the Torah? Actually, we know, the Talmud Torah, Keneged Kulam. The learning of the Torah is the most important mitzvah. Actually, Talmud Torah is shakol keneged kulam. One word of Torah is equal to all 613 mitzvot. That's why if a person's in the middle of learning Torah, they're not allowed to interrupt to perform a mitzvah unless nobody else could do it. Because learning Torah is supreme. However, I'm going to share with you tonight, there's a mitzvah greater than Talmud Torah. What? Bitachon. Bitachon is wonderful. It's not more important than Talmud Torah. But I'm going to share with you, there is one mitzvah that is more important than Talmud Torah. A wife? Yeah. To live. Life. Honoring your parents. These are all good guests. Nice try. But in New York they say, but no cigar. Okay. Here it goes. There was once a malach named Gabriel. And Gabriel was thrown out of Mesifta Derakia. They tossed him. They threw him out because God gave him a job. God gave him a job to, to, to participate in the destruction of Yerushalayim. And he did. But God didn't like the way he did it. He didn't follow the job the way he was supposed to. So he was actually, he lost his job. He was looking for a new job. So... Gabriel was what we call Michutz Lepargod. He was outside, like behind the Mechitza. And he's trying to figure out how to get back in. And the Jewish people were in a terrible, abysmal situation. And Gabriel was trying to figure out how to get back in. And he started to praise the Jewish people. He started to praise Tamidei Chachamim. He praised the wives of Tamidei Chachamim. He said, praise are the wives of Tamidei Chachamim that they wait up late until their husbands come back from learning. And God said, who spoke beautifully about my children? He said, Gavriel, bring him back in. 
bring him back in. Let's paint a picture of where the Jewish people stand today. You know, in 1967, when we were given access to many Mekomot HaKadoshim, many of our holiest places, including the Kosel HaMaravi, for, for generations, Jews were not able to congregate there. And in 1967, Klai was able to go back to Kevar Rachel, to Ma'aras HaMachpelah, and to Kosel Ma'aravi, and people were jubilant, people were ecstatic. Did you know the Klozenberg Rebbe said that when the Jewish people returned to the Western Wall in 1967, it was the most painful moment in all of Jewish history? What? The most painful moment in all of Jewish history. Why was it such a painful moment? Says the Kleisenberg Rebbe, let me explain to you what it was like. There was once a king, and the king loved his son, and the son was the pride and joy of the king. And the father dreamed of the day that his son would once would take over the reign and be the next king, and the father was grooming the child, dreaming of the day that the prince would one day be the king. But the, king, the prince was wayward. The prince was wild. The prince rebelled against his father. And the king told him, this, is a, this doesn't bode well for you. This doesn't bode well for your future. You're not going to be able to be the next king this way. But the kid just went off and he deviated and the king had no recourse but to banish his son not only from the palace but from the royal city and from the country. And the king didn't even know what happened to his son and where his son went and where his son was going. And after many, many long, painful, torturous years, the king says word to his son, you know, I'm getting older, please come back, I can't bear not to see you, return, return. And the boy, you know, all those years without his father, the boy was so pained, the boy was so hurt, and finally he's returning to his father, he's returning to his father. And as... He can't wait to see his father, to hug his father, to embrace his father. And just as he was about to get into the palace, the guard says, stop right here! He said, what do you mean? Don't you know who I am? I'm the prince. My father called me back. And the guard said, no, your father ordered. You don't take one more step. He says, what am I supposed to do? Stand here? Stand by the wall. Your father doesn't want to see you yet. He's not ready for you. Says the Kleisenberg Rebbe after 2,000 years. Hashem said, maybe you've been wayward. Maybe you've gone astray. Come back, come back. Come back to Eretz Yisrael. Come back to Yushalayim. Come back to the place of the Beis HaMikdash. And we're running back. And then God says, stop right there. I'm not ready to see you yet. I'm not ready to embrace you yet. You're still in the Galut. I'm not ready for you. I didn't ask you to come any further. You stop right there. Says the Kleisenberg Rebbe, the return of the Jewish people to the Western Wall in 1967 was the most painful moment in the history of Kali So that's like a real reality shift. That's a paradigm shift. We always think of the jubilation and the ecstasy. But you know, come to think of it, that means that yes, we're invited back, but you know, we're only invited to the Chupah. You know, let's say you have somebody... You know, you have to invite, but you don't really want them to come to the wedding, so you invite them to the chuppah. They're th- you know, thinking, he's not going to come to the chuppah, so I don't have to see him at all. 
So now that's, that's really the reality of where the Jewish people are standing today. We're standing behind the wall and our Father in Heaven is saying, stop right there, don't go beyond the wall. So we have to figure out how are we going to get beyond the wall? So one thing we learn about Gavriel, when Gavriel was thrown out, you know how he got back in? He was thrown out, how did he get back in? He spoke positively about the Jewish people. I want to share with you an amazing teaching of the Benish Chai, which is very, uh, which is not known. The Benish Chai says the zuchut, the segula, the mitzvah of being melamed zuchut on Klal Yisrael, on defending the Jewish people to God, on advocating for the Jewish people is such a big mitzvah, it's greater than Talmud Torah. Moreover, says the Benishchai, in another place, in the Sefer Benishchai, we're all familiar with the famous statement of the Gemara in Brachot. The Gemara says, B'makom shabalei tshuva omdim tzadikim gemurim eno michalom la'amod. In a place where the repentant stands, even the perfect tzadik cannot stand. Which means, we think, oh, this person, he grew up religious, and he went to yeshiva, and he learned in Beit Medrash, and he learned in Kolel, and he's a big rabbi. God probably loves him more than a beginner who started at age 40 and learned the Aleph Beis, and he struggles to read the Sidur, and he struggles to learn Torah. Probably God loves the big tzaddik. The Gemara says, no. B'makom shabalei tshuva omdim, the pedestal of the Baal tshuva is greater than the perfectly righteous. Says the Ben Ishchai, a different interpretation. B'makom she you know who a Baal Teshuvah is? A Baal Teshuvah is someone who responds. He answers. He says to God, God, have mercy on the Jewish people. It's 2,000 years. You're upset with them. But look at Klal Yisrael. What do you want from them? They're in Galut for 2,000 years. They've been tortured, tortured persecuted. So maybe they don't observe perfectly. But look how much they suffered. God, look how special the Jewish people are. It's 9 p.m. on a Wednesday night and people come out to learn Torah. Look how wonderful Klal Yisrael is. Every morning people come. Okay, so they don't come on time. But compared to the Goyim, they get up early. And they pray every single day. And they pay a lot of money to send their kids to Yeshivot. That's a Baal Teshuvah. They answer to Hashem. They defend the Jewish people to Hashem. They become the defense attorney of the Jewish people. That's the greatest Zuchot. That's how you go from being Mibachutz to Mibifnim. That's how Gavriel, who was thrown out of the Yeshiva and Shamayim, got back in. This zuchut says Ben Eshchai, b'makom shabalei tshuva omdin, a tzaddik who always talks to God, and he says, God, look how wonderful the Jewish people are. Look how dedicated they are to mitzvot. Look how dedicated they are to chinuch banim. Look how dedicated they are to kedushah. A tzaddik like that is greater than a tzaddik that learns Torah all day long, says the Ben Eshchai. It's the biggest zuchut to be a defense attorney for the Jewish people. Did you know that there were great Nevi'im that they risked their life to defend the Jewish people? You know, God, listen to this. 
God tells Moshe in the Yud Gimel Midot, He says, Pokeid, Avon Avos, Abanim, Ve'al Banim, Ve'al Shileshim, Ve'al Ribeyim. God says, I visit sin, the punishment of sin, on one generation, two generations, three generations, four generations. What's the next words? Moshe ran out. Says the Chizkuni. Says the Chizkuni. You know why Moshe ran out? He wanted to interrupt God. God was going, I visit punishment. One generation, two generations, three, four. Moshe was afraid God would keep on going. Five, six. So Moshe said, I'm out of here. So Ibn Ezra says, Chas v'shalom, to say like the reke moach, like empty-brained people, that Moshe Rabbeinu ran out while God was talking to him. Because if you run out when God is talking to you, yechayav mita. Moshe Rabbeinu wouldn't have interrupted God because he didn't want God to say fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth. Now he doesn't say who the reke moach he's referring to, but there are rishonim, chizkuni himself learns that pshat, that Moshe ran out to interrupt God. Says Chatam Sofer. This commentary is not Reke Moach. It's a very deep commentary. Moshe Abinu ran out. You know why he ran out? Yes, it was not respectful to God. But Moshe Abinu is Raya Mehemna, faithful shepherd. Moshe Abinu risked his life to defend the Jewish people. He didn't want God to say fifth, sixth, seventh generation. So, yes, he was perhaps Chayav. But he did that to advocate for Klal Yisrael, and that's the right thing. The real leaders of the Jewish people risk their life to defend the Jewish people. Everybody knows Yonah. God says, Yonah, let's go. Go to Nineveh. And do what? Tell them to do tshuva. Yonah didn't go. Yonah did not go to Nineveh. Why didn't Yonah go to Nineveh? Because it would reflect bad on the Jewish people. Because here it is, rabbis speak, and they tell people day and night, you can't bring a phone into Beit HaKnesset. And people sit at a shiur, and they're looking at the phone. And people don't listen. So Jews don't listen when their chachamim speak. And I'm going to go to Nineveh, and I'm going to tell them to do tshuva. You know what they're going to do? They're going to do tshuva! How's it going to make the Jewish people look? It's going to make us look bad. Yonah said, I'm not going. So God says, what do you mean you're not going? You're risking your life. A Navi who doesn't give over nevuah is chayab mita. Yonah says, I don't care. My job is to defend the Jewish people. That's my responsibility. More important to be faithful to my people even than to be faithful to you. So this is the practice. The Ramchal writes in Mesilat Yisharim. It is the, it is the holy practice of the leaders of Klal Yisrael they devote themselves, they dedicate themselves to be balei teshuvah, always to advocate, always to defend. Now, I just want to share with you, without getting in too deep and heavy into the topic, an unimaginable advocacy that the Kloisenberg Rebbe offered to defend the Jewish people in 1967, that's very relevant to the times we're living in. I want to speak about an interesting topic very briefly. In a nutshell, we're going to talk about Islam and Halacha. Is Islam Avodazara? Are you allowed to pray in a mosque? You're in an airport. 
So if there is a, a room that's a room of prayer for Notsrim and Yishma'ilim, you can't go in there. You can't pray there. What about you're in the Middle East? Now, I don't personally recommend going there right now. But let's say you're in Turkey and there's a room of prayer there. Could a Jew pray there? It's generally assumed, the Rambam writes in Hilchos Ma'achalos Asuros, the unedited edition of the Rambam says Christianity is certainly Avodazar. You're not going to find it in your Rambam, but in the Shabsi Franco Rambam, the unedited edition, the Rambam says Christianity is Avodazar. But Islam, Yishmael, says the Rambam, it's not Avodazara. If they touch the wine, it's Mutar Bahana. So simply put, a mosque would not be a place of Avodazara, and it should be permitted to pray in a mosque. And this question came up in 1967, because when we had access to Marat Hamach Pela, Jews streamed in to pray side by side with our cousins. And it was a, pl- a place of prayer for Islam and for Judaism. And the question is, are you allowed to pray there? And Rabbi Vadya Yosef and many, many poskim said, of course you're allowed to pray there. And the Kloisenberger Rebbe said, it's Asur to pray in the Marat HaMachpelah. Did you know that? The great rabbi, leader of the Jewish people, he said, it's Asur to pray in the tomb of the patriarchs. First he brought one proof from Berke Yosef, from the Chida who says Minhagen Yushalayim is if they touch Yayin, it's Yayin Nesach. And then he brought a proof from the Radvaz. Radvaz says, well, wait a second, how could Islam not be Avodazara? If you accept that religion, then you're accepting that there is a prophet greater than Moshe, that's Kfira. If a person were to be challenged, Give up one mitzvah or we'll kill you. They don't say don't wear tzitzit. Say tzitzit is not a mitzvah. You have to give up your life. So now you're going to say that you follow Islam? That's, adv- adv- that's abandoning the entire religion. Radvaz says it's Avodazara. The Kloisenberger Rebbe said you cannot go. You cannot go to Marat HaMachpela. He wrote this tshuva on my birthday. Remember the date? Chavav Tammuz. I'm expecting a card, a cake. On the cake, I want candles. And on the card, I want a boat. No, I'm just joking. The Kleisenberger wrote, you can't go to Marat HaMachpelah. This he wrote, Chavav Tamuz, 1967. <clears throat> Rabbi Vadi Yosef vehemently disagreed. He said if there's a tshuva of the Rambam, you know, it's very interesting, all the biblical avodah zarah, you know what they are? There's Baal Pa'ar. Baal Pa'ar is very beautiful Avodah Zarah. You uncover yourself and then you do your needs. You go to the bathroom in front of the Avodah Zarah. It's a very, very inspiring service. That's one type of Avodah Zarah. Another type of Avodah Zarah is Markulis. You throw stones at the Avodah Zarah. Another kind of Avodah Zarah is Kemosh. The Rambam writes all of these Avodah Zarahs were the Avodah Zarahs of Yishmael. But says the Rambam, that was back in the day. But in our times... They are meyached Hashem yichud gamur dofi. There is no question of the Yishmaelim's belief in monotheism and one God. The Rambam says it is not avodah zarah. Says Rabbi Vadia, even though there's a Ran, the Ran says a very interesting idea. The Ran says, yeah, but watch how they worship. 
the bowing and the prostrating, that even though they believe in one God, the form of worship is reminiscent of the service of idolatry. So even though the belief is not idolatry, but the form of worship is 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 similar, analogous to idolatry, therefore it should have the status of Avodah Zarah, says the, the Rabbi Vadya in Yabi Omar, that's very nice, the Ran, but nobody knows Yishmaelim like the Rambam, if the Ran would have seen the Chuvas HaRambam, he would have retracted. But the Kleisenberg Rebbe still ruled that it's Avodah Zarah. And Rav Moshe Sternbach explains that, you know, in the, in the mind of the Rebbe, are you allowed to go to a Jewish house of worship where the brand of Judaism is, does not believe in the divinity of the Torah without getting exactly explicit? Are you allowed to go to a, a Jewish house of worship where the official policy is they do not believe in Torah and Hashemayim? Call it whatever name you want. It's Asur to pray there. Say, but it's the only synagogue in the whole city. You're not allowed to walk in there. You can't pray. So if you can't pray in a Jewish shul that does not subscribe to Torah and Hashemayim, you should be able to pray in a mosque. That's what the Kleisenberg Rebbe held. But the truth is, Rebbe Vadya says, yes, yes. Because we're not afraid if you go pray in the bias of the Yishmaelim, you're going to be drawn after the religion. But if you pray in a Jewish house of worship, where they don't subscribe to Torah and Hashemayim, we're afraid you might be influenced by that. So the halacha is that you indeed can pray in a mosque, but you cannot pray in a Jewish house of worship if they do not believe in Torah and Hashemayim. But now we're here tonight to try to understand what was compelling the Kleisenberger Rebbe to rule that Islam is Avodah Zarah. So we're going to fast forward from my birthday in Tavshin Chavzayin, 1967. I wasn't around, in Tav, but that was, uh, it was Tavshin Chavzayin. We're now holding, two days before Yom Kippur, Tavshin Chavches, still in 1967, but Tavshin Chavches. It's Thursday, the day that in Slichot we say, Yud Gimel Midod Harachamim. It's a day that you could elicit from heaven great mercy from Shemayim. We say, Hashem, Hashem, Kel Rachum, That's how Ashkenazim sing it. Okay? It's good to hear Ashkenazic tunes sometimes. They're, they're very melodious. You know? Okay. If you want afterwards, we could, we could learn some Ashkenazic tunes. Then we appreciate more what we have. I love Svardim, but Ashkenazim have better tunes. Okay. But... Um, in any event, it was before Slichot, and Rabbi Vadya turned to the Rosh Hashiva of Kleisenberg. He says, I want you to add on to my tshuva. I can't start Slichot until we add that even though, do you know, did you know that the Arachayim HaKadosh, I want to tell you something very interesting. You know, um, we were in Morocco. When did we go to Morocco? Last January? Six months ago? When? A year and change ago. You know, I have a sefer on Chachmei Marrakesh. Like a thousand, maybe more than a thousand, two thousand Chachamim. Now, I'm not completely unlearned. I learned a few years in the yeshiva. I know a few Sfarim. I've heard of a few Chachamim. 
I tell you, this book of the Chachmei Marakash, maybe I heard of one or two of them. I don't know, I didn't know about any of them. Thousands and thousands of Chachamim. And I realized, you know why I don't know about any of them? Actually, I hardly knew about any of the Chachamim in Morocco. You know why? Because Morocco never had a printing press. So the Sfarim of all their Chachamim were never really published. There was one Chacham from Morocco who had Mazal Tov, he had good Mazal. He left Morocco, and en route to the land of Israel, he stopped off in Italy, and he published his Sefer. And he's one of the most well-known of the Sefer de Kedolim, the Or HaChaim HaKadosh. He had the Mazal Tov that to leave Morocco, go to Israel, and en route, go to Italy. We know the Chida left the land of Israel. And he lived in Livorno for decades. Because Livorno had the two most important things that the Chida needed, even though he loved living in Eretz Yisrael, but he loved the, what I'm about to say even more. In Livorno he had sponsors for his books, and he had a printing press. So he lived in Livorno to be able to publish his Sfarim. In any event, the Archaim HaKadosh writes that if Yishmael does Shechita, it's not Shechita la'avod and the Kleisenberger Rebbe says, before we, write, before we pray Slichot, we have to, I, I need to write, I want you to write, that the Arachayim HaKadosh would say that today, Yishmael, if they shecht, it is Avodah Zarah. So the Rashiva said, okay, if that's what the Rebbe wants, I'm going to write that. And he, he wrote an addendum to the Tshuva, and then they started to say the Slichot. And the Rosh Hashiva of Kleisenberg said, I saw in the Rebbe, that this was not just a halachic ruling, that Yishmael are ovde avodazara. This way, this was his way of advocacy, of defending the Jewish people. They were about to start Yud Gimel Midod Harachamim. They were about to pray to God to save them that year. The Jewish people were in a very precarious situation. They were praying on Yom Kippur that God should watch over the Jews in the Holy Land. They just were in a vicious war. And in order to give the Jewish people better protection and better judgment, the Kloisenberger Rebbe wanted it that in the Bezdin Shamata there should be a halachic ruling that Yishmael are idolaters, they're Ovde Avodezara, so that in Shamayim, when God looks at the Jewish people vis a vis Yishmael, we would be considered Maminim. And he wanted this psak to be, in a sense, a condemnation of that our cousin. So this was not just a halachic ruling. This was based on a deep desire to defend the Jewish people. And by, so to speak, ruling halachically down here in this world that Yishmael are ovdei avodazara. And again, I don't think we rule that way. We follow, most places can follow Rabbi Vadya and halacha In their places of worship, you're allowed to pray. But nevertheless, I'm not here to tell you halacha because and, and nowadays we do go to the Ma'ara Samach Pela. First of all, Rashiva of Kloisenberg wrote that nowadays the Kloisenberg Rebbe would agree that we certainly could pray in, in, um, in the Ma'ara Samach Pela because anyway, Avram and Sarah is ours. We have that area, Yaakov and Leah is ours. The problem came that 10 days a year, we get to pray by Yitzchak and they get to go to Avram and Sarah and Yaakov and Leah. But they figured out a plan. They basically stuff up the place of worship with all kinds of benches and chairs and potato kogel and other assorted things that they leave the place where we worship unavailable. So therefore, at no time in the year are they praying there. But I'm just 
illustrating, this is an illustration of the lengths the leaders of the Jewish people will go so that Hashem should look favorably at us vis-a-vis the nations of the world. So again, if you want to know where, what is the state of the Jewish people today in 2023, we're standing at the wall and our father is saying, I'm not ready to let you back in. And we're looking for a zuchut. We need to get past the wall. We say, we want you to return to us. We want our eyes to see your return to Tzion. We don't want to have to stand behind the wall. So we could look at the paradigm of Gavriel when he was Malamed Zuchut and Klal Yisrael. When you're walking down the street, you want to do something that will create like an earthquake in Shamayim. You say, Almighty, look at a wonderful people we have. Look how dedicated they are to Talmud Torah. Look how dedicated they are to Chinuch Banim. Look how, how wonderful Klal the outpouring of Chesed to the soldiers in Eretz Yisrael, to the residents of Eretz Yisrael. Saying these type of things, being melamed, zuchut, on klal Yisrael, is the merit that could get us past the wall. And b'makom shabalei tshuva omdim, in a place where a tzaddik who advocates, who defends klal Yisrael stands, tzaddikim gemurim inamichalam la'amor. So I just wanted to share with you this very precious and priceless midah and skula and mitzvah, grab it. Learn to practice it. We should be zocha to hear besurot tovot, yishurot v'nechamot. We should be zocha to see the coming of the Gula Shlema. Amen. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.